Where do we go? This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Brought to you by Advent Health. With the support of world-class expertise and whole-person care, it's time to feel whole with Advent Health. To learn more, visit adventhealth.com. Now your host, Bucs team reporter Casey Phillips, along with head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into the Bruce Arians Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians after a week off. We are back in action here. First of all, did you enjoy your bye week? It's very good. Very good. Got a lot done. Uh, Self-scouting us and uh, also enjoying some family time with my grandchildren. That's awesome. That's exactly what the bye week's supposed to be for. So um, looking back a little bit at that Carolina game, uh, I know that now we, we talked about if you were looking forward to London and, and I think now that's safe to say that you were probably like, yeah, I would really prefer to not just have to do oh, this yeah. anymore. I'd have much rather been at home, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, it was one of those type of games where we kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. It's, was Carolina doing things differently or was this an us doing things differently? It was us beating us mostly. And uh, just poor execution uh, by a lot of players. But, uh, you know, the preparation was good. We just didn't perform on Sunday. So you felt like you were prepared for what they were doing. I mean, you'd already faced them once. Mm -hmm. How similar or different did they seem to that first game? Uh, very similar defensively for our offense. But for our, our, our defense, their offense was with Kyle Allen was a little different. They did a lot of max protection stuff, chipping Shaq and some other guys. But uh, we just didn't make enough plays. And, and how about the interceptions? I know that whenever there have been interceptions, um, it seems like every game there have been some that you've said are on Jameis, some that aren't. Mm -hmm. um, seemed like it was the same thing this last game. So wh what did you feel like caused, you know, when you see a game that there are that many, what seems to be the cause of when it's almost a, a contagious thing that like, yeah, it's, snowballs? Yeah, it's one of those things that's it's poor execution on a number of people. Either the offensive line gets his arm hit when he's throwing the ball, a receiver that doesn't come back to a ball that's thrown in where it's supposed to be. There's a lot of things, a lot of variables that go in, but there's still interceptions and, uh, and there are turnovers, and, and you're not going to beat anybody with seven turnovers. Right, yeah. That, did it give you any sort of encouragement that with seven turnovers, there was, you were still in the game late? I mean, that, it's a, yeah, it's a mean, weird feeling. We, we were, one thing our guys do, they fight, and they, and they keep fighting, and we just have to play smarter and, uh, and, play, and play a little more discipline. But uh, effort's never been a question. That's true. And what does it feel like now that you know, you've seen some games where Jameis has protected the ball really well, games where there have been several interceptions, what are the big things that seem to be causing the ones that, especially the ones that you have said are kind of on him and his execution, what has it seemed like you've been able to diagnose of what leads to it or the types of games, types of situations that tend to cause uh, sometimes it? Sometimes all quarterbacks get fooled. You see a blitz coming from the side, you figure that, that receiver is one-on-one. Uh, which happened on one Luke Keckley cut. So Keckley did a heck, made a heck of a play, reading his eyes, cutting back across, and he was thrown to the right guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, you mentioned the offensive line and, and their responsibility for some of it. Overall, how would you sort of rate what they've did, not only that game, but, but overall this season? There have been some games where they've done a great job of keeping him clean and then others where um, protection broke down. I know injuries, of course, have, have played a part recently, but overall what would you say is – after looking at the bye week, self-scouting a little bit, where we stand with the offensive line? Uh, it's hit and miss. Some, you know, we run the ball well at times, and we're protecting extremely well at times, but then there are times that we don't, and it's one-on-one -on -one matchups. Um, don't expect Allie to get beat inside. Don't, you know, Josh Wells, Earl Watford, both played okay. Um, Josh was expecting help, and uh, the running back's linebacker came, so he didn't have any help, mm -hmm. so he had a poor set, which led to an interception. Mm -hmm. So it's just little things like that. Yeah, and is offensive line one of the harder positions 
to have injuries and to have guys to sort of have to step in because it is such a, you have to play like a unit and, and like you said, expecting help or knowing what the other guys are doing? Yeah, the cohesiveness of, uh, you know, Earl and Josh play a lot on second team together, so that communication is pretty good. But when you start mixing and matching offensive line pieces, it's hard. Yeah, that is, that is challenging. How do you feel like running versus pass protection, how the offensive line has fared? Have they been better in one than the other? No, I think we've been pretty solid other than just special instances where it's a breakdown either right. mentally or one guy gets beat. So I know that you mentioned that Jameis needed to get rid of the ball sooner on some of those, especially a couple of those fumbles, and mm -hmm. um, that that also can be challenging for your offensive line that you know they can only hold up for so long. What is the strategy now? Of course, Jameis knows this. Mm -hmm. So what is the strategy now to, you know, what, what is the, the middle ground here of where he knows it to where it starts getting put into practice? Well, hopefully soon. You know, it's, it's one of those things where when a play breaks down and there's nobody on that side, throw it away. Mm -hmm. um, he's still at that mindset, I can make something happen. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that mindset, you do make a lot of things happen, good and bad. And we got rid of the bad. We got to go, have yeah. to get rid of the bad. Are there ways that that can be something even that you practice of throwing the ball away is something that you can, <clears throat> you know, practice and, and work on? Not really. It's just a mindset when you go into a game and, um, you know, and, and a play breaks down and you escape um, and knowing where everybody's at. You know, we do a scramble drill, but when everybody's going to the other side of the field and a play breaks down, we had a short screen pass to, to Rojo and it broke down. Well, there's nothing left. Right. Throw it away. Yeah. You know, and we got that fumble back. Uh, but the next one was just a matter of I got to make something happen. I got to make something happen. Just, just play. How much did anything with how the team played seem like it had to do with the travel or being in London? Or you know, would you do anything differently well, no, there? No, I, I think our guys were extremely excited about being there. Mm -hmm. uh, had a great week of preparation. Um, while we were in London, we had good, really one of our best Friday practices. Uh, that we've had all season in the rain and the wind and kind of got ready for the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I look back and the preparation was really good. How about the return game? I know that um, we've made a change of releasing Bobo Wilson. And um, I know just in general, the return game hasn't been an area where you know, we've gotten significant numbers or anything so far. So um, what are you guys hoping can kind of change from that? What are some of the goals of how you feel like now trying a few different people who are some of the people you might want to give a shot to? Yeah, I mean, we'll look at TJ Logan. Vernon's been back there before. Um, just to get some productivity, but the biggest thing is catch the ball. We put two on the ground, and that can't happen, especially in the fourth quarter. Right, and special teams, though, we did get to see the impact of, of Ryan Smith coming mm -hmm. back, and um, I think sometimes the special teams coverage can be something that most fans don't pay as much attention mm -hmm. to, um, but that showed where that can really be a big part of a game. Yeah, it put us right back in the game. Ryan made a, a great play getting down there and then coming back and forcing the fumble, uh, getting us in great field position and set up a score. And the one thing our offense has done a really good job of is when we get turnovers is scoring touchdowns with them. Yeah, that's true. Overall, looking at all the special teams uh, units, how would you say that, look, you know, in the self-scouting part of the bye week, where they have fared between kicking, punting, coverage, return game, how, how comfortable do you guys feel with all <clears> that? I think our coverage has been really, really, really good. Um, right now, it's, you know, we one bad kick in New York, uh, or Matt's had a heck of a season so far. Uh, Bradley's punted and kicked off extremely well. Uh, but our return game, uh, kickoff return's okay, uh, but our punt return game is, is non-existent right now. And how about the fair catch kick? Had you, uh, had you seen that in your career? Or oh, how yeah, prepared I was, were you for I that? was telling everybody on the sideline exactly what was going to happen. We had to get that ball off. Right. And did that seem like something that the team was 
prepared to – how many of the guys on the team had even experienced something like that of the guys that I were going to be I don't think it hasn't happened in a long time, so I don't know if any of our guys have very experienced it. Is, is that one of the things where you practice you even have to think of obscure things like that to make oh, sure yeah, you guys you, are prepared you, for? You go over every single scenario – Kicks after safety, free kicks, everything. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arian. So uh, you got Devin White back on the field after being out for a little bit overall. What did you think of how he was able to perform and play? Well, Devin had a heck of a game other than two plays. You know, he had a great job in the running game. Um, he really showed up. Uh, two, two plays in the passing game, his inexperience showed up. And I know Shaq Barrett, of course, had just exploded at the beginning of the season. I think we all probably knew that that pace was was bound to slow down a little bit, even though, I mean, we would have loved to have had 40 sacks in the, in the course of the season. But um, when he hasn't been on the stat sheet as much these last couple games, what are you still seeing from him, things maybe especially that we might not notice that aren't stats? How would you evaluate what he's done recently? He's still getting pressure, but uh, I, we walked in the locker room, I said, welcome to the big time, because <laughs> you've got a tight end on your side, yeah. now you have, you're getting chipped. They know where you're at, they're finding you. So that's, that's, that's a big compliment to you. Um, so learn how to beat it. Learn how to beat it, and getting Jason Pierre-Paul back might help you. Yeah, I was, uh, I was just about to ask, how exciting has that been to get back, him back on the practice it's field? It's going to be great. You know, not just his play, but his leadership. And, and how have you seen him handle himself during this whole time and then how the team did receive him? What do you feel like that's done for the team? Oh, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. I mean, you know, he, like most injured players, they don't hang around a lot mm-hmm. because they just don't they don't feel right. Yeah. But once once it started getting real close, he was there every day, and uh, and, and you could feel his presence on the sideline. He was coaching the heck out of our young guys, uh, and his energy is is uh, is, is beyond outstanding. It's, it's it's excellent. That's awesome. And and when he does come back to actually playing in a game, how do you see that rotation at outside linebacker working, and how that could potentially impact you know guys like Shaq and and other guys in that position? Yeah, I think being able to put. JPP, Shaq, Carl, Sue, and, and Vita, maybe all out there together, would be a heck of a five-man pass rush. And, and you're not knowing who's coming, who's not coming. Right. And uh, just just get more explosiveness on the field. And uh, Dario Gumawale had his first career touchdown in the game in London. Um, what have you seen from him in terms of, I know that special teams, he's one of the captains, that's one of his main roles on the team, but also being able to solidify a spot as a running back on this team and, and how he's been able to progress this year. Yeah, he's done a great job in blitz protection, and uh, and he's really our nickelback. Uh, he comes in in most third-down situations because he is a good pass blocker, but he's an excellent receiver also. And then how about the overall game plan for, for our pass catchers that um, guys like Mike and Chris that have had, you know, each of them sort of alternating their big games, but then guys that you have, you know, Scotty Miller and, and a bunch of others that you've started getting in there. How have you been trying to work on spreading the ball around, but also making sure guys like Mike and, and even our tight ends have some chances? Well, it's just a matter of finding the one-on-one matchups mm-hmm. in each game and, and seeing what matchup you can create. Um, we thought we had some better matchups in our tight end group last week. That didn't, didn't happen. We dropped a couple of balls. Uh, but overall, Scotty Miller stepped in pretty good, but we should get Rashard Perriman back and, and be ready to go with full strength. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. So you guys had the bye week this last week, and you mentioned a little bit earlier in the show about the idea of self-scouting during that time. So what are the biggest ways that you guys use the bye week, and how does it impact it depending on if it's earlier or later in the season? Well, I don't like the word analytics, but uh, we've always called it self-scouting. But you look at all the things that you've done offensively, defensively, personnel group-wise, um, when this receiver's on this side, when this receiver's on that side, right. when this running back's in the game, and, and you break it all down, and you look at, okay, this is what they have on us. How do we break these tendencies? Mm. You know, And uh, if it's a really good tendency, 
do you really want to change it yeah. just because they know it's going to happen right. but see if they can stop it you know so a lot of things like that and uh, but it's always good to have it especially earlier in the year Oh, interesting. I feel like a lot of teams, especially from an injury standpoint, seem to want it later. But for you, because of the self-scouting part, you prefer it to be earlier. I like it right right around week seven. I've always really thought was a great time. Interesting. Um, was there anything that surprised you that you learned about your own team that maybe when you look at it in that bulk way? Because sometimes you guys can look so week by week that maybe the larger yeah, tendencies. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those guys I always look at more so what do they have on us. Mm -hmm. So the last four games is usually what a team breaks down. And, uh, and I self-scout myself a lot that way. Uh, so every, every week I'm looking at it, but when you look at it as a, a cumulative thing and all seven ball games, it's like, oh wow, we are a little bit predictable right here in this personnel group, uh, let's fix that. Interesting. Uh, how about the, the message that you gave to your team going into the bye week or leaving London, just looking at the next block of the season? What was it that you were really hoping to kind of convey to the guys and hope that they would come back thinking? I think our preparation level has to be better. and. Uh, we're, we're okay to start games, but we're not making enough of in-game and halftime adjustments, uh, which is a little bit of lack of preparation maybe, a little more film study, just put a little more time into it so that we can make in-game adjustments a little bit better. Did you almost wish this wasn't the bye week because of, I, I, a lot of times I hear teams or coaches say they want to get the taste out of that loss out of their mouth, they don't want to have to wait after a loss to, to play again. Was that a little bit tougher? Was it kind of nice to be able to have time to breathe and learn and, and grow oh, after I that thought, game? I thought it came at the right time with this long road stretch that we're on. To have, have to play last weekend, I think would have been unbearable. Did the bye week feel like enough of a break in this long road trip to where it doesn't feel as much like that many in a row that because you did get a week off? Yeah, it, it breaks it up good. And uh, you know everybody should be rested. We should get some guys back healthy. And, uh, and hopefully be at full strength when we go to Tennessee. And then now with preparation for Tennessee, Marcus Mariota versus Ryan Tannehill, how much does that change of what you guys think they're oh, going to be doing? Yeah, it changes a bunch. You know, they, you know, Ryan threw for 300 yards against a really good Charger defense. So um, he played at a really high level in that ball game. Uh, Marcus, I've always really liked Marcus's game, but uh, I think the switch looked like it was really good for them. What are the biggest differences in, in how they approach the game or how they play the game that changes what our defense is going to have to do? I think Ryan just gets the ball out of his hands a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's still a running threat. That's the one thing you, you, you can't forget about Ryan Tannehill. He can really run. He's a great athlete. But he's getting the ball out of his hands, and their RPO game is outstanding. Even if they have said that they're going to start Ryan Tannehill and, and not Mariota, do you ever – plan for the idea that he could still come in mid-game? and switch? Do you still have to game plan for both well, quarterbacks? Well, I, I think you have to know and watch the film when Marcus was in there, the things that they did maybe different with him and prepare for it. Okay. Um, how about Derrick Henry and what he's been able to do this year and, and what you guys are going to have to really be aware of when he's out there? And just another great running back. You know, that's a big, strong, fast back, and, and he can really hurt you in a screen game. So we have to be really sharp when he goes out for passes because he can, he, he's got great speed for a big back, but we're going to have to tackle really, really well. And a lot of Bucks fans familiar with Adam Humphreys being out there for them. I know that he has not had maybe some of the numbers for Tennessee that, that he was able to have here, but um, what does a guy like him bring to an offense? That And is, is there any benefit to the familiarity that some of our guys would have on him? Not really. It's a totally different offense, and, and, and they're using him way different than he was here, but, but he is an outstanding slot player. What have you seen as the, the strength of their defense and things that our offense is really going to have to watch out for? Yeah, their front seven is outstanding, and they do a great job. Mike Brables, you know, coming from that New England system, they have a great nickel third down package. They've got like five or six linebackers in there, so you really have to be on your P's and Q's on mm -hmm. which one's coming and which one's not, and they have a great blitz system. So it's going to be really challenging for us. These extra days will really help. How much, 
do you try to then look at what they do and it change what you guys are going to try to do on offense versus you just saying that it just means we have to execute what we already do really well? We have to execute what we do. You don't change much week to week. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you game plan and you look at some certain things, uh, maybe get some matchups by formations that, that create what you're looking for. And, uh, and, but you still have to protect. It all starts with protection. What would you say is the area of the team that you've already seen improve the most so far coming into the bye week? I think our run defense is we're best in the league, and it's gotten better and better each week. Where we have to improve, obviously, is, is third down, getting off the field defensively, offensively, making more third down conversions to stay on the field. It's hurt us in the games that we've lost. Yeah, and then what is the the one thing that you would want to see improved the most now heading out of the bye week? Both those situations, and, and we talked a lot about it and halftime adjustments. You know, we we're a slow halftime team until London where defense come out and stopped them, but our offense didn't get that score to change the momentum of the ball game, playing together as a team. You had your first Arians Family Foundation event in Tampa. So tell us a little bit for people who didn't know about this event, what all you guys were um, doing at the event and what it was raising money for. Yeah, everything. We had a dinner at Ocean Prime and the people there were fantastic. It was, it was awesome. We had a lot of coaches and players there. It's one of those really easy events. You get a coach and a player to sit at your table, have dinner for an hour and a half and grill them. You know, <laughs> they, they can't get away. So you get to ask them anything you want to ask about them. And uh, so it's a, it's a lot of fun event. It's, it's not a lot of speeches. Yeah, we raised a lot of money, and um, everything that we do is for the Guardian Met Lightum program. Uh, the children in the foster care system through ne neglect and abuse are in that situation through no fault of their own. And when you have a CASA or a Guardian Met, a GAL, a Guardian Met Lightum, those children are so much more successful than the ones without. So we're trying to do raise awareness, raise money, train as many guardians as we can, and, and save the child one at a time. That is awesome. I love that, and I'm sure it is like I said, not challenging to get players and coaches to agree to go to a meal. Yeah, I'm that, sure that, that doesn't take a lot of effort. Yeah. Golf tournament, that's a little different, but yeah. <laughs> go but have a, dinner at Ocean yeah, Prime, like, that's not bad. That seems like a good idea. Have you ever, at these events where, like you said, got, you know, people can kind of get a chance to grill you and other mm -hmm. people, are, are there ever questions or things that you think are really fun or funny or, th or weird interactions that you end up having there, with people? There's, there's always some that have had a lot of plays drawn on napkins, oh. slid to me, hey, <laughs> coach, what about this one? Have you ever used one? No. No. <laughs> So this is the new challenge for people coming to your events yeah. in the future. Give Come me a up, play that works. Give me a play that works. I love that. That's great. And, and how big is this for the team, for you guys to have events like this where, I mean, you guys already do spend a crazy amount of time together, but it's usually in this building and mm -hmm. maybe yelling about things they did wrong in the film. So mm -hmm. to have a dinner like this, is, is this Yeah, big? I think to support each other, and, and I can't thank the players and the coaches enough for coming out and giving up their time, but more so the people who paid and gave their money. Uh, that's even more important. Yeah. But you know, that, that camaraderie and helping each other's foundations, knowing that we're all involved in this community, and, and it is our community, uh, to do as much as we can. Do you remember a time when you realized, man, I'm actually in a position now where I can, I can make a difference in things? Yeah, I missed my first uh, event in, in Arizona. Uh, it was a Cardinal event, and someone asked me, what are you going to do for our community? And um, so we, we've already started a foundation because I had watched my wife, who has been a CASA for 15 years, and um, raise money, do things I could in Pittsburgh or Cleveland. But once we got the platform to start a foundation of our own, um, we did it right away. And, and, and so far, so good. We've, we've been able to raise a lot of money and help raise a lot of awareness. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for what you guys do. And definitely tell your wife that we said thank you for all of her hard work as well. We still have plenty more on Buccaneers Total Access with Special Teams Coordinator Keith Armstrong. This is brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.
Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We had head coach Bruce Arians in the first half of our show, and now this is where we introduce you to a different member of the staff each week. And with me now is special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. Keith, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. I feel like especially special teams is an area that people don't always know a lot of the ins and outs with. So I've been looking forward to having you on here for a long time before we get into some of the the true X's and O's of it. I wanted to hear what you thought of the London experience. I know the outcome of the game was not what we were going for, but the overall experience of going to play over there, what did you think? Um, You know, the experience was probably the best experience I've had. That was my fifth trip uh, over there. Um, I thought the Intercontinental Hotel was outstanding. Um, in terms of us being able to meet, the preparation, the meals, uh, things that you take for granted. Yeah. Like you come here and you eat, and you eat breakfast, and then you go, you meet, and then you go eat lunch, and then you go practice. Um, then dinner's available. And in some of my trips over there, you usually don't have the meals are a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a picky eater. So, <laughs> I mean, that's my problem. So, um, but I'm, I'm very picky, so I usually didn't eat the breakfast. I took 10 bags of tuna fish over there with me, uh, graham crackers, peanut butter. You know what I mean? I was prepared, and the meals were outstanding. So it allowed you to focus on football. That's awesome. That's you know, huge. So that was really cool. Did you feel like the, the travel was challenging on any of your guys? Or, you know, That was something I know we talked a lot about before was just the, the preparation for how difficult those long flights are and the time yeah. changes. I think the guys really kicked in. You know, obviously we landed and we uh, had some meetings and went right to practice. And I felt like I had a lot of energy on Friday when we got there and we went to practice. Everything was good. And then I think everybody kind of hit the wall a little bit on Saturday. So everybody went to bed early. Boom. And we woke up Sunday and and guys felt like they were ready to play. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, how would you evaluate your units that you're in charge of for that game, and how you guys were able to do yeah. overall? I thought in the I thought we played well in the first half. Uh, I thought we played hard. I thought we competed. Um, in the second half, you know, we had a we gave we gave back the turnover. Um, you know, and we we made some mistakes right before the half in terms of punt protection. We ended up backing ourselves up and almost got hit with a free kick. Um, so there were some situations in there where we've got to execute better. Um, I think the thing that we've got to learn to do is play consistently um, and finish. And and I think we'll as we go along, we'll mature and get better in all those situations. Um, but I think we've got to learn to manage the uh, manage football and play situational football um, a lot better than what we're doing right now. I, you know, I thought the effort was good in the first half. In the second half, I thought they won. Interesting. So I had wanted to ask you, especially about that fair catch kick, that that was definitely a play that most people either yeah. have never seen, some people had never heard of. Right. Um, were you surprised to see that get used, and how much have you no, ever had experience we with that? We were talking about it on the sideline. Um, so we had a false start on punt from the 25, from the uh, 20 yard line. Took us back to the 15. Another false start. We started talking about it. Said, so what, you know, so what's going on? Some things were going on out there. Guys couldn't hear. Uh, and we were head bobbing and trying to uh, get them to jump. And obviously it backfired. Um, so you back yourself in a situation now where they're alert. They put, now they took the pressure off. They were trying to rush. Then they put two returners on the field. 
Okay, so you know that they already alerted the officials because you have to alert the official, hey, we're going to attempt a free kick here. All right, so the rule for a free kick is you've got to fair catch the ball. So if the ball hits the ground or gets punted out of bounds, you cannot uh, attempt the free kick. So we're trying to hit the ball out of bounds to our left, and we don't quite get it there. They signal fair catch. And then they put their kickoff coverage unit on, field goal kicker, with the, which was Sly, which is also the kickoff guy, but with the holder and their kickoff coverage unit. Now you can either put your kickoff return unit on the field, or I've seen plays where people put all 11 uh, people on the kickoff return team right on the sideline. And then as soon as the ball's kicked, they step out of bounds because by rule, they could kick, you, hit, kick the ball, hit you with it, recover it first down. Wow. So then go. So there's several things that you could end up doing with that play. Um, so uh, I've been involved in that one other time, but we saw it coming, and, and we knew what was going on because they had two returners in the game. So they're trying to keep it off the ground. So we're trying to. Bradley was trying to get it out of bounds, and we just couldn't get it out. Yeah, and how challenging is that to figure out what all you even need to focus on in practice? Where I mean, you've got to be prepared for a situation like that. Was right. that something you had run through with your guys? Yeah. Oh yeah, we've talked about it, um, and you usually find them on. You can get one on tape probably once every three years. Uh, so that'll that'll be on tape for a while. Yeah. So uh, thank God. Nice of you guys it. to help out to yes, show how you're yeah, supposed to do that. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. One of those um, situations you're like at the end of the half, you're like this. You know, what I mean? we we were doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> Here we go. Um, you know, so yeah. I know that uh, unfortunately the, the return game was a bit of a struggle, and, and now you know we've released Bobo Wilson. So for you guys, what was um, kind of leading up to that decision overall? What you are are hoping you can get out of the return game, and some of those options that you're hoping to turn to now that that we've moved on from Bobo. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that you know, obviously you want to you obviously want to play penalty free football. Uh, you want the returner to be able to manage the game, um, and you don't. There's one thing you don't want to do is turn the ball over, um, and it's going. You know, it, it's one of those deals where you've you've got to sign, you've got to manage it, but you've also you also want a returner that can that can hit the uh, the opponent and, and and get you ten yards. You know, per return, you figure if you average ten yards per return, you've got a first down that the, there's a first down that the offense doesn't have to get. So, if you can get a guy that can get the ball vertical and uh, uh, create that situation, now after that ten yards, there's no telling what can happen. Right. So now the big returns come, but the original goal obviously is for everybody. Hey, look, let's get a ten yard return. Now, do you want the 20? Yes, but you got to get 10 first. Yeah. So that's the goal to get it started. Now, once we get the returner to run off, it's basketball. It's pick and roll, punt return. Okay, so now we go run off of one of those picks, and you get clean for 10 yards. Now the big plays come. But in order to get that done, you've got to get two things. You've got to get vertical, and inside, right, we've got to have control of our man and win our matchup. Mm-hmm. In the punt, re- so the punt return unit, the guys that are blocking as well, all have a lot to do with it. So, um, but we did not, uh, we did not take care of business in in that game, uh, and we put the ball on the ground, and which is unfortunate, and. Uh, you know, they, they, those things happen. Yeah, for sure. We're talking to special teams coach Keith Armstrong. So now who are some of the guys you're going to take a look at to fill those shoes, and um, what are you really kind of hoping that, that those guys could bring and, and right. why those guys as compared to others on the team? Well, 
Yeah, as you look at it, you know, Vernon Hargraves has had has had has been a returner. Uh, Logan has been a returner. So you've got some guys that have done it. Watson's caught balls. So we've you know we've got a day or two here before we decide in terms of what we're going to do. Um, and we've brought some guys in and worked those guys out as well. So we've got some some uh, some options. Uh, how we end up going, I haven't met with uh, BA or anybody, so uh, we'll talk about that later. But we've got we've got some options. You have options, which is always good. So um, for you personally, tell us just a little bit about your career history and um, what got you to this point. Some of your different coaching stops along the way. Oh yeah, well um, played for BA obviously in in college at Temple University in 87. I was a graduate assistant uh, with Bruce. So uh, Coach Elf offered me a GA job my senior year. I'm in the line stretching, and he walks up to me and says, hey, man, you want to uh, coach next year? I said, what? He said, yeah, I'm offering you a GA job. You want to coach next year? I jumped all over it. I you know I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I started with him, GA'd with him for a year, and then uh, – Got on at University of Miami with Jimmy Johnson as a GA, graduate assistant. Uh, and that, I, I was with Jimmy for a year. Jimmy went to the Cowboys. I went to Akron, coached wide receivers for a year. Uh, from there, I went to Oklahoma State through a Jimmy Johnson connection with a guy by the name of Pat Jones was the head coach at the time and coached defensive backs there for three years. Uh, went to Notre Dame with Lou Holtz, coached outside linebackers and special teams. Then I went to Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I was with Atlanta the first time for three years. I believe it was 94, 95, 96. Um, but I was, I was there for three years under June Jones coaching defensive backs. So we got fired at the end of the year. Dan Reeves comes in. I don't know Dan. Uh, just got in the NFL, so I didn't know anybody. But Dave Wanstead was the head coach at the Chicago Bears, who I GA'd for at University of Miami. And he offered, he said, if you don't get anything, You've got, I got a special teams job here uh, that was open. Uh, so sure enough, I went up there and coached special teams with him for two years. And then Dick Duran came in as the head coach and retained me. I was with Dick for two years. And then Dave got the head job again at Miami uh, at the Dolphins uh, two, in 2001. So I joined Dave there uh, from 2001 to 2007. And then uh, 2008 was back in Atlanta with Mike Smith. And, uh, and so I was there for 11 years, so this will be my 26th year. Wow, that's in incredible. The yeah. That's crazy how many different positions in particular that you've coached. I mean, yeah. how does that help you have a broader understanding of the game? Um, well, I think, I think obviously when you coach special teams, you're coaching blocking, tackling, uh, carrying the ball, getting you know, returners, snappers, punters, kickers. So you coach everybody. Um, so over the years, you've learned, you know, obviously I've worked on offensive, on the offensive side, the defensive side. So, um, you, you learn the game, you know, as, as you go through it. So it's funny how I sit and watch, I still watch offense, defense, obviously, and you listen to all, all the guys talking, all that type of stuff, the schemes and everything. And it's still all interesting to me. And the same stuff applies to special teams. Yeah, that's huge. You know, so it's, it, it really applies and it fits. Uh, kickoff returns are nothing more than screen plays, you know, um, you know, or power O's for that matter. Um, so when you look at it, punt return is really punt versus punt returns basketball. It's pick and roll. Great. That's you know, great. so, I mean, it's just basic football, you yeah, know. So, but, football. but there's fundamentals and uh, it's, um, 
it, it's a simple game, but it's not easy. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know the I mean? perfect way of putting it. I you love know, that. So. Well, we still have plenty more on Buccaneers Total Access with Special Teams Coordinator Keith Armstrong. This is brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back in. We are here with special teams coach Keith Armstrong. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. All right. So uh, we were talking about how you've, you've known Bruce for a long time now. Mm-hmm. What is it like to coach with him and under him? And, and just what is this staff overall like? Because it, it seems like a big family. Yeah, it is. You know, I, it's been a while since I was, I've been with him, obviously, 1987. You know, now I've seen him on the sideline before games and when he was, uh, you know, with, with Fox and everything. Uh, you would, I would see him at practices and that type of stuff, but I haven't had an opportunity to coach with him in in years. So it's it's enlightening because every time I, I coach just like him, so it's so refreshing. It's like yes, <laughs> so you know what I mean. So he still gets after it. He still comes. You know, he brings a lot of energy to it. It's important to him, and uh, I think that rubs off on everybody else around him. Um, but it, it's fun to coach with him. Uh, I learn so much every time, you know, every time I'm with him, you know, every time he speaks to the team, you're like, why didn't I think of that? You know what I mean? So, uh, but uh, it's been fun. It's been, it's been a pleasure uh, to work with somebody that you know, and he's known me since I was a kid, literally. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so, uh, you know, he's, he's been a part of my development, you know, a major part of it. He's the one that got me in this. So, it, it, it's really cool to be, to be around him every day. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, we know his strategy when he talks about, especially for offense, that it's the, the no risk it, no biscuit. Does this apply to special teams as well, or what's his philosophy? I, with tried, what you I do? try to get him to apply. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we go no risk it, no biscuit. So, um, you know, it depends on the situation. He, he does a great job with situational football. And like the in the game uh, over in England, you know, obviously we went after them twice on pump pressures uh, because of the situation in, in the game, so it allowed it uh, to happen. But uh, he he's he wants to be aggressive, and you know we're an attacking team, so it, it's really cool. Do you think of yourself as someone who likes some of the trickery or trick plays? You know, we saw Hecker throw. A mm-hmm. pass, you know, we know he's a bit of a, of a different right. case, of, of course, in terms of punters, but are you mm-hmm. someone that likes to be able to throw some of that in there every now yeah. and then? I think, yeah, I think when it's there, you, you, have to, you have to practice it and you have to go for it. And, and uh, when those options are there, obviously we'll, we'll, uh, we'll obviously take those on. What would you say are the parts of special teams that are the most underappreciated or overlooked by fans? Field goal protection. Hmm. I think, you know, you think about most... Uh, games in this league are won by four points or less and it usually comes down to a kick but everybody focuses on the kicker and nobody's focusing on the protection Mm. and that's a hard job really yeah that's a grinder's job Um, those guys at times have to get run over with dignity so to speak (laughs) I mean because there's one person and you're taking on three guys 300 pounds each and the strain that your body has to go through for the team, the sacrifice that you're making for your teammates is, is, is huge. So I think that's one thing that's overlooked. Uh, that ball's got to get past that line of scrimmage in order for it to be good. Um, so, but those guys do a great job and they're committed to, to the calls and scoring points. 
Um, so at the end of a drive, you want to you know, you love to have touchdowns, but if you've got to get a field goal, then let's go get it. Yeah. And they're, they're, they've done a, a very good job of that. Um, I think that's one thing that's that, that obviously is is overlooked uh, big time. Yeah, you know, I think everybody, you know, as fans, people get caught up in the um, in the the return game and the ball, but the coverage units win just as much. Hmm. I mean, if because if you're not if you can't cover, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Yeah, that's that's so. a good point. Um, what would I know that we've we've heard a lot about how uh, Bruce hired such a big staff that there's so many coaches, and I know you do have several guys that are helping you on the special team side. So tell us about some of the other staff members that you interact with and how you guys yeah. all fit together. Yeah, and I think it's the way it's the league is going. You know, the, the staffs have gotten bigger. Um, I played for Amos, my assistant, uh, at Temple University. He was the special teams coach, and Chris Bonio played for me in Chicago as a place kicker. Wow. So that's how our connection, so the three of us are pretty close. And then as we go through it, Nick Rapone, our secondary coach, works with our returners. Um, you know, so he and I, I've known, I GA'd for Nick. He was the, you know, he was the defensive coordinator at Temple, and I GA'd for him there. So that was my tie with him, and he helps us with our returners. So uh, Kevin Ross, Obviously works with the vice um, and the corners, um, so it, it's amazing how it all ties together. And I've known a bunch of these guys for a long time. Yeah, that's great. So, and you you mentioned Chris Bonia. That's he's the the kicking specialist. Right. Um, what have you seen him be able to do? And what was the motivation in particular wanting someone that was just dedicated to kicking? Well, I think obviously. Uh, um, you know, the, the owners were interested in, in, in that position. And as a special teams coach, you always want that position. Yeah. So that was a, they were like, yes, please. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. So, um, and a lot of teams have them. And the thing is, it, I, I saw, I knew Chris. Um, Chris has worked with several other teams. Uh, he was at, at the time, he was in, back in college in Mississippi State. So it was like, okay, this guy wants to coach. You know, so it wasn't like, hey, I have to be in the NFL. He just he just wants to coach. So we, you know, I went back and found out where he was at, um, you know, and, and we offered him the job. But he does a very good job uh, with with uh, Matt Gay, all right, and Bradley Pinion. But he also um, he can relate to those guys, and he's he's been through the things that they're they're actually going through. So he can. He can tell them. It's easy to say, hey, stay present, stay in the present moment. Okay, how? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean? Exactly. It's different when you got, you know what I mean, when you're thinking about that last kick, but it really doesn't matter because this next kick is the one that matters. And he does a great job of getting that point across. Yeah, them. that's huge. We're talking to special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong, and I was going to ask, what do you feel like your role is in terms of the mental side for you know, kickers when it is, that is such a mental position. How do right. you try to help or is that something you kind of leave to Chris? No, I, um, obviously I, I'm always going to deliver Chris's message, whatever he, whatever, wherever we're at or what, whatever we're working on. Uh, I'm going to emphasize that with the guys uh, as well. So I think he still, you know, he needs that help from, from me. I need to support him. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I think when the guys see that, 
they understand, okay, we're all in this On the same together. page, yeah. And, and Matt Gay has done a great job of that, especially after, you know, had a tough game of, of missing the late field goal, but then since then has just been stellar. So um, how impressed have you been by him as a rookie and, and the mental side of things for him and then also even just his kicking ability? Right. Reach back here and knock on wood. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to knock, yeah, knock on all the wood over here. We both okay. knocked on it. We're good. Yes. No, he's, he's, done a, he's done a nice job. He's been consistent. And, you know, people say, well, that's just average. No, consistent, being consistent is hard. And he's done a really good job here lately of being a consistent kicker. He's a mature kid. Um, he understands his job. Um, he, I, I, I'm, I'm happy for him because of how mature he is and he's demonstrating it because he went through some, he had a, you know, he's had some rough, some rough goal uh, tries, and for him to come back the way he has has been good. You know, it's been a positive sign. Now, he's got, there's obviously, and he knows this, and I'll say it to him all the time, the hay's never in the barn. So <laughs> let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, tomorrow we've got something to work on, and he understands that, and, and I think that's what's helping him uh, in terms. He understands his kick as well. Uh, and that's really a big key. When the kicker understands his actual kick and his technique in terms of what he's doing, and then the, with his with Chris's help and Chris's opinion, all right, and then you get Bradley get it gets in there. So now we always have to say, okay, wait, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's one answer. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and then we usually get to it. But it it's been good. He's he's maturing. You can see it as he's doing. He's maturing before our eyes, and hopefully that continues and he continues to develop. I've heard that our stadium is one of the harder ones to kick in because of some of the the crosswind or different things like that. Is is that accurate, or is that just some rumor that we've heard? Uh, I always try to, you know, I, I try to avoid that stuff because yeah. it's like, okay, we got to go make this kick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So wherever, whatever the issue is or whatever, the other team's got to kick on it too. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've always been like, okay, we're all playing on the same surface. So if it's raining out one day and it's windy, we're all kicking in it. Right. So let's make more than they make. That's you know a, I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, what was the motivation for wanting to have Bradley do the kickoffs? Was it because of wanting Matt as the kicker and knowing that maybe that wasn't his strength or just wanting to take some of the load off of him? How does that decision get made? I think, I think when you have a, a punter who can kick off, you open up your options in terms of who you can have as your place kicker. Now, Matt can kick off as well, mm -hmm. and he does a very good job with that. Uh, just right now, we just figured it would be best for him to focus on the field goals, and now Bradley can take care of the punting and the, and the place kicking, or the kickoffs, yeah. and Bradley's done a really good job uh, with that that's awesome. uh, here of, of late as well. And how would you evaluate uh, his punting so far? I think that that's one of the hardest things for fans to evaluate because if you look at a punter's stats, you obviously, A, don't know how much of that was kind of the coverage team, right. and then also what he was even being asked to do, if it was right. directional or not. Right. So you're probably one of the only people that would actually be able to right. know really how yeah. he would do in a game. He's, he's done a really good job. Um, and we're, you know, as we're going along, you're sitting there saying, okay, how are we going to put all this together? Because here's a guy that can punt the ball 60, 70 yards down the field. So you got to ask yourself one question. Who's covering it? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right. So Outkicking now, your coverage yes, comes to mind. Yes. yes. It doesn't just so apply now, to people dating, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're like, all right. Here, here's where it, here's where it's at. So we've really done a uh, he's done a nice job of responding to what we needed to do to be able to be an effective coverage unit. We've done a hell of a job. Uh, so I got to give kudos to him. I think I think he's probably right now he's a guy that's the, that you'd say okay, give me two or three guys. He would probably be the top guy right now. Um, in terms of where we're at the last three or four games, in terms of what he's done, uh, punting, placing the ball, forcing fair catches, he's holding, he's kicking off. I mean, he, he he's wearing several hats and he's doing a nice job. That's awesome, right? We still have one more segment coming up here with special teams coach Keith Armstrong. Brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back in is our final segment here with special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. And again, thanks for being with us. Um, We were talking about a lot of the kicking and punting side. Wanted to hear a little bit more about the coverage side of things because especially I think that's an area that's a lot harder for fans to kind of diagnose and um, saw how good it was to have Ryan Smith back. He definitely made a huge impact play in in London. Um, Explain why he's so good and why it is so important to have someone with those skill sets and abilities? Um, I think the number one reason why he can flat out run <laughs> and he loves to compete. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys that like to run and hit and they're going to be competitive. And he's a very competitive person. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys, give him a little bit and then the, that's all you got to tell him and let him go. Get out of the way. <laughs> But he does a really good job. He's a physical kid. He loves football. And I th- he's mature, um, which is a big trait. And he's a, he loves – so when people talk about traits, a lot of times they talk about change of direction, speed, but nobody ever talks about he's physical. And this guy is – he has the speed. He has the change of direction. But he also brings the run-hit mm-hmm. factor. And he is a he is a competitive football player who takes his teammates to another level. Um, so he he's done a heck of a job for us in the coverage units. Another guy that's done a nice job for us is the running back Logan. He's he um, jumped in for us. What was it? Two weeks ago? Maybe three weeks ago? And right off the bat, bam, makes a tackle. I'm like, whoa, yeah, okay. Right. You know what I mean? It fell into one here. You know what I mean? So you you start discovering guys and. He can, he's a good football player, and he's a tough kid. Um, a guy like Watson has, has really done a consistent job for us. Um, quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doesn't say a lot. You know what I mean? But he's got a competitive spirit to him. Um, he's not a talker, so he's one of these guys that if you're not paying attention, he may, you know, he may go through the game, and he may grade out 90%, but you're like, this guy doesn't talk any yeah. trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he's a competitive football Thankfully, player. Thankfully, talking trash isn't what you guys use to evaluate the players. No, Otherwise, God, he'd no. be in trouble. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, how about as you've been looking forward to, to Tennessee, what have you seen from their special teams units that you know you guys are going to have to be aware of or maybe things that you might be able to take advantage of? Well, I, I think they've got a very good unit, uh, very good core unit, led by uh, number 53, Bates. He's done a nice job for him uh, over the years, and he's a competitive football player. And you better you better be ready to, to get down when you if you've got him in a matchup. 
you know, obviously they've they've got some they've got Humphreys as a returner who does a solid job for him, does a nice job managing the game. He's a good he's a smart football player. He's going to get the ball up the field. Uh, he is a vertical returner, and then they have number twenty five, Adoree Jackson, who's going to also be a you know is a he's a dynamic returner. He's an explosive returner. Um, so there's you know when you think about some goals, obviously we've got to we've got to play well in the cover game. Look, we, exactly what we've talked about, um, and then we need to execute in protection, whether it be punt protection or field goal protection. Take care of the football. Um, those are the things that we've got to do, and we've got to do a good job in the return game. We always talk about score. Let's go score or set up a score. You know, so whether it be from a turnover from a big return uh, or from a tackle uh, down inside the five-yard line or down in a ball on the one-yard line, those types of things. Find a way to score, set up a score, contribute to the offense having a short field. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. I feel like I learned so much more about this, and uh, good luck against Tennessee. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. That's going to do it for us on Buccaneers Total Access. We had head coach Bruce Arians and special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. This has been brought to you by Advent Health. We'll see you next week. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians has been brought to you by Advent Health. With the support of world-class expertise and whole-person care, it's time to feel whole with Advent Health. To learn more, visit AdventHealth.com. This is Tampa Bay's Sports Radio, 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best Bucs coverage.